official podcast of Church at the Well in Burlington, Vermont. For more information about Church at the Well, including gathering time and location, events, and how you can financially support the podcast, please visit us online at wellchurchvt.com. So folks, if, if you're just joining us this week, and it's, it's been a while, it's your first time. We've been in a series called The Kingdom of God, where we're looking at what Jesus had to teach about the kingdom of God. It was a topic that he taught about more than any other topic. How many of you guys have been jo- enjoying this, the series on the kingdom of God? Okay, if it was over 60%, we get to keep going. Uh, so that's good. Uh, last week, I had the opportunity to be a normal person, which I don't get to do very often. I, I didn't have any responsibility last Sunday. And so I drove to church with my wife and my kids, which, gosh, it's, I can't even remember the last time I got to do that. And I sat in the back, and, and I didn't have to wear my pastor hat. I could just kind of be a normal person. And I was just kind of watching our, our gathering, our service. And if you were here last week, you remember maybe Angie was leading worship, and her iPad just kind of blipped out. And she stopped, and she started laughing. I love that. <laughs> like, I was just thinking, like, I was trying to imagine, like, if I'd never been to this church, and I'm sitting in the back, and I see her do that, and I'm like, oh, there's someone who doesn't take themselves too seriously. I would want to get to know her. Like, I, like, I like that about what I'm seeing so far. And then Tasha came up, and she gave us a call to worship. Remember, she was talking about how anxious she was because her computer broke, and everything she had on it was 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 gone, and how she looked to the scriptures, and she found confidence and courage from the scripture, and I was thinking, oh, I really like, I really like that, because it's real, it's vulnerable, and it, it encourages me to like go to the scriptures more when I'm feeling anxious, and then Ian preached last week on how the kingdom of God is like a hidden treasure, remember that, and it was just like chock full of like God's thoughts and words and wisdom, and you're like, Wow, it's amazing. After the service, I had tons of great conversations with people. I had a lunch with our four worship leaders. And I remember driving home last Sunday thinking to myself, if I weren't the pastor, I would probably go to this church, <laughs> which is a really good thing. When the pastor wants to go to the church that he's pastoring, it's probably like really good. Um, so that was my revelation last week. Another thing I appreciated about last Sunday was how Ian preached two kingdom parables in one sermon. He did a twofer. And I didn't even know you could do that. And so today, I'm going to do two parables in one sermon. And we're going to look at the two parables where Jesus compares the kingdom of God to seeds. Uh, If you have your Bibles, you can turn to Mark 4, verse 26. He also said, this is is what the kingdom of God is like. Remember, I've been telling you that that we don't have a frame of reference for what the kingdom of God is like because Jesus said the kingdom of God is different than the kingdoms of this earth. So we don't really know. We don't have a reference point. And so Jesus, when he taught about the kingdom, he would often say things like this. The kingdom of God is like this. And so in Mark chapter 4, the kingdom of God is like a man scatters seed on the ground. Night and day, whether he sleeps or gets up, the seed sprouts and grows, though he does not know how. All by itself, the soil produces grain, first the stalk, then the head, then the full kernel in the head. 
As soon as the grain is ripe, he puts the sickle to it because the harvest has come. Okay, here's the question we're going to look at this morning. How, what can we learn about the kingdom of God from this parable by Jesus? Jesus starts it by saying the kingdom of God is like a seed that's planted in the ground. See, once, once a seed is planted and interacts with the soil, there's mysterious forces that are unleashed. As soon as it interacts with the soil, something starts to happen. It begins to germinate. It begins to sprout. It begins to grow. It begins to mature. It begins to morph into something. And once it's planted... There's not much else that needs to be done. I mean, of course, it needs, it needs proper sunlight. It needs the right amount of water. It, it needs the right temperature and conditions. But mostly, what the seed needs is just time for it to do what it does. Right? It just needs time to, to do what it does. And it can't be rushed. And so Jesus is talking about the kingdom of God, and he said the kingdom of God is like a seed that's planted in the ground. That once the kingdom of God is planted in our hearts and lives and it interacts with us, and God's rule starts to like take root in our lives, there's a mysterious germinal power that's unleashed. Now, you still have to nurture what God plants in in you, but the intrinsic nature of the kingdom of God, like the intrinsic intrinsic nature of a seed, is to grow and develop and mature and transform us into who we're meant to be. I think that's one of the miracles of following Jesus, is that we're becoming who we already are, who we're created to be, right? Because God plants the kingdom in our, in our heart, his rule in our heart. And all of a sudden, it's, it, it, it does what it does. It just starts to grow. It just starts, it starts to develop. It starts to mature and sprout and, and spread. Now, this teaching by Jesus about the kingdom can be a little difficult for us to swallow because we like to make our spiritual growth all about what we do and not about what he does in us. Can I share with you just two mistakes that we make when we approach spiritual growth and transformation? The first one is this. We take entirely too much credit for it. Remember when you were a kid and your parents measured how tall you were? You usually had like a door jam that you stood up against. Or maybe it was a wall. Or usually it's a door jam. And you get your ankles up against it and you stand up. And when you're a kid, you want to feel tall, so you're like stretching like this, and then they, they mark the top of your head and they put a little date. And then the next year they do it again. You remember that? And, and you look at the drawer jam and you see how you've grown. And, and after one year, you can grow a lot and you can look back and be, whoa, I'm amazing. I just grew. Now for me, I was a little shorter than I wanted to be. And so I would often not just look at that and say, wow, that's pretty cool. I would say, how could I grow more? <laughs> like maybe if I, you know how when you wake up in the morning, you stretch, you're like, Ugh. right? I thought maybe if I do that every day, I'll grow a little bit more. And, and I've heard that coffee stunts your growth when I was a kid. You know how when you're a kid, you see grown-ups do things. My parents would drink coffee and you try to steal some because it looked grown up. And that's probably why I'm not 6'1". 
because I drank lots of coffee, it stunted my growth. But eventually what happens when you're a kid is you embrace the mystery of your growth, right? And the kingdom of God is like that, that when God starts ruling in our hearts, we just have to nurture it and be attentive to it, and it'll grow. His rule and reign in our lives will just start to grow. And we can't take all the credit for it. It reminds me of this fable I heard once about an elephant and an ant. And they were buddies. And they were on a, a cliff plateau over here. And there was a huge chasm separating this other plateau and this pasture over here. And they wanted to get over to this one because the grass is always greener over on the other one. And, but the only way they could get across this chasm was one of those rope bridges. You know what I mean by the rope bridge? The handles are ropes. And they got wooden planks that go all the way across, and it's missing some of them because the planks are old. And and it's one of those bridges that you walk on, and it's just like shaking back and forth. That was the only way across. And so the ant says to the elephant, let's go across to that other pasture, and we'll just take this bridge. And so they go across it, and it's, you know, it's, it's shaking. They're nervous about the boards breaking, and it's shaking back and forth. They get to the other side. And when they do, the ant looks back at the elephant and says, Man, you and I sure did shake that bridge, didn't we? <laughs> See, that's how we are often with God. We take entirely too much credit for what he's doing in our lives, what he's doing in us. And we see the same thing with the religious leaders in Jesus' day, the Pharisees. They worked tirelessly at keeping all the commandments. To them... To them, following God was all about just sin management and behavior modification and doing, 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 doing everything right. And they weren't shy in taking credit for it either. You read the Gospels and they're always bragging about how awesome they are, about how good they are at keeping the commandments and how bad everybody else is at keeping the commandments. And one day Jesus called them out on it. He said, you guys are like whitewashed tombs. You look good on the outside, but inside you're full of dead bones. Dallas Willard said that this way, that it's possible to become so obsessed with doing what Jesus says that we fail to become the kind of people Jesus wants. See, we can be deeply committed to keeping all the commandments like the Pharisees and still not be deeply formed by God. One day the Pharisees were trying to trick Jesus and they asked Jesus, what's the greatest commandment? Tell us what the greatest one is. And Jesus gives them a twofer sermon. He doesn't just give them one. He gives them two commandments. He says, I'm going to give you a twofer. <laughs> he says this to them. Here are the two greatest commandments. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. And love your neighbor as yourself. And then he tells them, all the law and the prophets hang on these two commands. He's telling them, look, if you just focus on these two, all the other commandments will happen. Because every commandment in Scripture is about relating to God and to others properly. And so if you just focus on these two, love God with everything you are, love your neighbor as yourself, all the other commandments will just happen. Now, it's important to understand this. Jesus wasn't eliminating all the other commandments. He was clarifying them. Okay, he wasn't getting rid of all the other commandments. He was clarifying them. He was saying, just let the kingdom of God do what it does. 
let it grow. Stop focusing so much on sin management and behavior modification. Get out of your own way and let the kingdom of God just do what it does because it's intrinsically designed to grow. The rule and reign of God is intrinsically designed once it comes into your heart to expand and grow. Let me give you one more mistake that we make when we approach spiritual growth, and it's this. Holding on to unrealistic expectations. And you might think to yourself, that is a terrible thing for a pastor to say, that we shouldn't expect to grow. That's not what I'm saying. Let me explain myself a little bit. Uh, We live in a hurried world. We live in a constant state of rush. We all suffer from what John Ortberg calls hurry sickness. You know what that is? It's when you don't even have to be in a hurry, but you're in a hurry. You're just in a constant state. There's this sense of like a immediacy and instant, instant, uh, uh, instant success at what we do. And so we're accustomed to this. I mean, we get frustrated if our browser on our phone takes longer than three seconds to refresh. Right? We're like, oh, come on. Oh, I have this stupid phone. Oh, okay, my phone. Uh, yeah, Twitter's saying the same thing it said 10 seconds ago when I looked at it. But... That's what we do, right? We, get, we just want everything instant. We want food instant. We want transportation to be quicker. We want our information to be at our fingertips and, and really quick. And we get accustomed to immediate results, immediate access. In fact, we expect that to happen. Now, let me say this. That, what I just explained, has huge ramifications on how we approach our spiritual growth and development. Because the kingdom of God is not hurried like we are. Jesus said this, the kingdom of God is like a seed planted in the ground. It's like a seed that's planted. And the lapse of time between the planting and the harvest is not insignificant. Jesus used this parable to emphasize the process. It can't be rushed. There's no magic fertilizer. I checked. There's no magic fertilizer that we can put into our lives to speed up our sanctification and immediate spiritual growth. No, there's there's this process involved. And we're not used to that. We don't like that. We get frustrated by that. We want instant growth and maturity because we live in a world of fast forward, we're just always go, 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 push, 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 try harder, try harder, try harder. But in the kingdom, sometimes the best way to catch up with God is to slow ourselves down first. I know that's like, an, it doesn't make sense. Like, how do you catch up with God by slowing yourself down? Well, we have to realize that our walk with God is called a walk for a reason. Because there's this process. We can't, we can't just try really hard and grin and say, oh, I'm going to wake up tomorrow fully sanctified. I am going to be mature. And we stretch extra hard. We stay away from coffee. I'm going to wake up the next day. We're going to be super, like super mature in our faith. <laughs> See, when we have unrealistic expectations for spiritual growth, what happens is we get really disillusioned. We get frustrated. And what happens is false narratives start to creep into our hearts. Let me give you an example. 
Here's a false narrative that creeps into our hearts when we have unrealistic expectations for our spiritual growth and development. Maybe I'm not good at following Jesus. Maybe this isn't for me. Everyone else in my church, they look happy. They're all put together. They, they just look like they've got it all figured out, and I'm like all in pieces. That's a false narrative, right? Because you're, you have this expectation of, of immediate growth and immediate maturity in, in, in your relationship with Jesus, and, it, and it's just it's not immediate. And, and you start to wonder, maybe I'm broke. Maybe I'm not like everyone else. Everyone else looks like they've got it together, and I'm here in pieces, and, and maybe this following Jesus thing isn't for me. That's a false narrative. It's a false narrative that takes over in our, in, our, in our lives. Let's take a quick peek at this next parable. Jesus says the kingdom of God's like a seed planted in the ground. So we have to give it time. We have to be patient. The seed will do what it's supposed to do. We have to stay committed to the process. We have to nurture it and be attentive. Let's look at this next one really quick. Mark chapter 4, verse 30, the next verse. Again, he said, what should we say the kingdom of God is like? Or what parable shall we use to describe it? It's like a mustard seed, which is the smallest of all seeds on earth. Yet when planted, it grows and becomes the largest of all garden plants with such big branches that the birds can perch in its shade. So I asked Ian if he had a picture of a mustard tree, because he went to Israel a few months ago. Did you know that? Yeah. He did. He went to Israel a few months ago. And I just thought, well, maybe he was with a mustard tree somewhere, because Jesus talks about a mustard tree. And so I texted him, and I was really disappointed he didn't have a picture. But he said, I do have a picture of a, somebody holding a mustard seed, so I'll send that to you. And he tweeted it to me. And um, I asked him, is this like one of your friends who went on the trip with you? And he said, no, this, is, this picture of the guy holding the mustard seed is Andy Mineo. He's a, he's a Christian hip-hop artist. And at first I was curious, why, why does Ian have a picture of a Christian hip-hop artist holding a mustard seed in Israel? <laughs> but then it occurred to me, I know something about Ian you all don't know. When he was a young man, he was an aspiring Christian rapper. We got a, and, and I'm just disappointed that I didn't have a picture of him holding the seed, but I do have a picture of this. This, his stage name was MC Acrostic, and he's wearing the all-white suit. You see it? It's so clean, right? And, you know, this year, Ian told me he had bought a car, a new car. And he, and he says, it's sick. Wait till you see this car. And I, I didn't know why he, like, why would he buy this car until I saw this picture? And then I realized why he bought this. That's his car, right? So all, this all white thing, this clean look. And so that explains a lot. Like, I'm putting the pieces together. Are you with me, church? Just like figuring him out, like all the points coming together of like who he is. So I was disappointed I didn't find the, the, the mustard tree, but I found these, <laughs> which are golden. I, I got to write a parable about these. All right, let's go back to the picture of the mustard seed. Look, look, at, this, look at this difference here. This is the seed. Oh, can we go back to that? Yeah, this is the seed in his hand. 
and it turns into this bush. And that's a big mustard bush. Sometimes they get to 12 feet tall, which is about the height of that one. But, but think of the size difference that this turns into that. Jesus says the kingdom of God is like a mustard seed. When it's first planted in the ground, it seems small and it seems insignificant, but look what it turns into. See, when the rule and reign of God, when the kingdom of God gets put into our hearts, it might look small and insignificant, but it grows. Jesus said birds perch in its shade. This little seed, which could barely be a snack for a single bird, turns into something where multitudes of birds can perch. Right? Where there's provision, there's strength, there's rest, there's protection from the heat for for all those who come under its shade. This picture turns into this. When I read this parable about the kingdom, and when I look even at these two pictures, in contrast, the, the size and the growth there, it excites me. It excites me because it means this. When the kingdom of God is fully realized, when heaven merges with earth, like we read about in scripture, we have no idea what we're in for. 1 Corinthians 2.9 says this, no eye has seen nor ear has heard, no human mind can conceive what God has prepared for us. See, that's what makes the kingdom of God such good news. That we just have this small seed. We just see this small seed in comparison to what we'll experience when God's kingdom comes to earth as it is in heaven. Guys, I, I got I to help you. When I read this parable about the kingdom, when I see these pictures, it brings a whole new urgency to the Lord's prayer for me. God, your kingdom come. Come on, I am tired of just a little seed. Your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. That prayer becomes new for me. Because I see all of the, the, the brokenness in my life and the brokenness in the world, and I, I just start longing for God's kingdom to come. Because we have no idea how amazing it's going to be. See, one of the reasons that I really wanted to do this series in the kingdom of God is because... Um, I couldn't watch the news. It was just getting me down. And I started to think, I wonder if there's anybody else who feels this way. <laughs> because the kingdoms of this world, they're just, I'm not doing cartwheels over those things. <laughs> but when I read about Jesus talking about the kingdom of God, how expansive it is, how much life there is, how it grows and develops into something that we can't even imagine. Then all of a sudden I can take a new posture. I have a new perspective. I start to realize that the kingdoms of this world don't have the last word Jesus does. And so my objective this morning is to just encourage you all because the kingdom of God is like a seed that is planted in the ground. That when God plants in you his rule and reign and you decide to make him king of your life and it just gets us a little seed and it goes in. And it seems small and insignificant, but a seed's going to do what a seed does. You just have to nurture it. You have to be attentive to it. And all of a sudden it'll start to take root and grow. Maybe not at the rate and speed that you want it to, but that's the kingdom of God. So can we close by saying the Lord's Prayer together? I want to say this. Um, 
some folks in our church who uh, are really gifted in the arts, they created this demonstration for us through our Kingdom of God series. And you'll notice up here there's three little piles of seeds. Those aren't mustard seeds, but, but they're still seeds. And so if you want to come up before you go home today, grab one of those little seeds. Maybe you tape it on your mirror just to remind you, hey, the Kingdom of God is like a seed that's planted. You might not, might not see it all fully developed now, but the seed's going to do what a seed does. The kingdom of God's going to do what the kingdom of God does. And so come up and take one of those. Let's say the Lord's Prayer together to close our time, and I'm going to invite the worship band to come up. We'll worship together. You ready? Why don't we stand and say this together? Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who've trespassed against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For yours is the kingdom, the power, and the glory forever and ever. Amen. Thank you for listening to our podcast. Church at the Well is a community reintroducing Jesus in Vermont through worship, service, creativity, and community.